Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. So good to have you in church. For those who don't know me, myself and my husband Bronson are the pastors of this incredible bunch of people here and we get to serve you, which is such, such a privilege. And yes, as Pastor Zoe, as Pastor Zoe said, so I've just, oh, I have just raised you, Zoe. <laughs> as Zoe said this morning, you'll notice Pastor Bronson is not here. He's not sleeping in, even though he's probably wanted to. But he is at our Hills location and he's blessing them today. And I just love that we are part of a group of churches that can do that, that we can come together and we can uh, draw in each other's strengths and we build the church together. So he is preaching there today. He has to preach two services. <laughs> Good on him. So don't uh, cheer too loudly because he might get upset that you're cheering that I'm preaching today. But don't moan loudly either because I'm preaching. Because I'm going to hear you. Do you know, I just want to share with you, at the start of this week, Pastor Bronson and I were actually in Sydney um, catching up with our location, the Elevation locations. And can I just say to you, if you are not excited, if you are not pumped for what God is going to do this year, next year, you need to be because there are so many pastors and leaders and people who are filled with vision and excited for where Elevation is going to go. And I can tell you, if we're excited, you're going to get excited too. So be excited. Our future is very bright, Elevation. So exciting. And you know what? You can tell the boss who the boss is when they take the tech and I get the paper. Right? So I've got the paper and he's got the tablet. Got to get this sorted. Anyway, let's get straight into it today. Do you know, some of you may know that aside from pastoring, I also work in the energy industry and uh, four days a week and I am a sales manager. So to most of your surprise, I spend a lot of my time talking. Pastor Bronson would be like, do you ever stop? But anyway, the other day I was on the phone with a client because uh, that's how I spend a lot of my time because what I do is relationship management. So I'm often talking a lot about not just business but just getting to know people to build rapport. That's how I get to know people. And all sorts of things come up when you're speaking. You know, we were chatting away and we started talking about children because he had children. Um, I have three children, amazing children. Joelle, who is 16. Ethan, who is hiding somewhere, who is going to be 14 next week. And Roman, our surprise, who is six, who's probably the kid muck, running a muck in kids' church. Um, but, you know, we talked about life. We talked about business. We then started to talk about his childhood experiences, his background. And then we got on to faith. Okay? And we talked a little bit about that. And I got the opportunity to talk to him about my faith. And then I got the opportunity to say how... My faith is even a little bit more advanced than probably what he thinks because I'm a pastor of a church. And that this is what I also do on the side. And that how my faith shapes my thinking, how I do business, how I live life. Do you know, and it was going really, really well. There were laughs. It was funny. It was good. It was deep. And then he said one thing to me. What no self-respecting Pentecostal ever wants to hear. Gabby, you're such a religious person. What? Religious person? Do you know, I was a little offended. I'm not religious. That's my grandma, hey? She used 
used to sit with the rosary beads. That's my grandma. That's not me. Have you ever had someone who they think is a compliment, they give you what they think is a compliment, but it's actually kind of backhanded one? It's a backhanded compliment. And that's what I felt like when I was called religious. I was like, oh my goodness. For instance, these are some of these backhanded compliments. You know what? You're actually pretty smart. Okay, thank you. Sure. Or ladies, we all know this one. Okay, girlfriend says to you, this dress doesn't really work for me. I just don't have the curves for it. Look better on you. Okay, thank you. Or this one here. Oh, wow, we didn't expect that you'd get that job. Congratulations. It's awesome to have people have faith in you, hey? Do you know, at some stage, I bet that all of you have been on the receiving end of a backhanded compliment, hey? But what's interesting is that this hasn't been the first time that I've been called religious lately. I know, I'm probably losing some people here today. In fact, it's been the last five or six months I've had about five or six people tell me, Gabby, you're very religious. I'm like, okay, all right, this is probably not where I want to go. But that's because the discussions that I've had have come around God or my faith because that's who I am. So do you know what? I can say, I could get upset about that, but I just say that's pretty awesome. And what it tells me, church, and this is what I encourage you, the world is hungry. And they will find anything in what you are saying to bring it to God. And God will do it too. He will find any opportunity where he can put himself in there to give hope, to give a future. Hey? So I just encourage you, don't ever think because it's business, I can't involve God. Because God is your business. If you are a faith and a believer today, you are in the business of sharing God. Hey? So then I'm going to say to you today that all of you here are religious people, I would say. (laughs) Do you know, I was quite indignant about it and I didn't like it. But then I thought, if this keeps happening to me, maybe God is trying to talk to me. Maybe God is trying to say something to me. Gabby, think about why this is happening. Maybe He wants to reveal something to me. So I started looking into it and I thought I'd share with you what I found. And I believe it's going to be powerful for us today. But before I do that, why don't we just pray? I just thank you, Father, for every person in this place today. I thank you that hearts are open, minds are open to receive what you have to share with us. I pray that you anoint my words and bless every person in this place today. Amen. Amen. So why was it that I was offended when someone told me you're a very religious person? Why do we think that? Why is it that in Pentecostal church, in circles, we push back on that word, religious? Why is that? And I think it's because we associate religious with quite negative connotations. We see it as quite negative. Do you know, as I said earlier, religious was my grandma with her rosary beads. Or that person that hangs the crucifix on their rearview mirror doesn't believe in God, but that piece of metal is going to help them. That's religious to me. And we associate religious with old, boring, stiff, uptight expression of faith. That's what we associate it with. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to be boring, old, while I'm getting there, but... (laughs) going to happen 
I don't have to be old in my thinking though. Stiff or uptight, I don't want to be like that. Do you know, and worse than that, we then associate religious with other things. Legalism and hypocrisy. Okay? Why is that? Well, I think we can see that because there's these accusations made in the New Testament against the religious leaders of the day. So let's have a look at some. So I'm going to run through some scripture here, so bear with me. They'll be on the screen. Matthew 23, 27 says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like whitewashed tombs, which outwardly appear beautiful, but within are full of dead people's bones and uncleanness. So you also outwardly appear righteous to others, but within you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. In Luke 20, it says, Beware of the teachers of the law. They like to walk around in flowing robes. I didn't wear mine today. That's good. And love to be greeted with respect in the marketplaces and have the most important seats in the synagogues and the places of honour at banquets. They devour widows' houses and for a show make lengthy prayers. These men will be punished most severely. Matthew 15 says, You hypocrites! Well, did Isaiah prophesy of you when he said, This people honours me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. And then finally in James 1 it says, Those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves and their religion is worthless. Do you know, it's examples like this that informs our understanding of the word religious, isn't it? It's these examples. And I get it. I don't want to be any type like that. I don't want any of that. But, do you know, in, in Scripture, not all the religious leaders were like this. Do you know, there's Nicodemus, we see, who was a religious leader. He was a member of the Jewish ruling council, a group known for its fastidious keeping of the law. He wanted to know more about Jesus. He wanted to know more. He sought him out. He had a one-on-one discussion with him. In his role on, in council, he tried to make sure that Jesus had an opportunity to, to speak and have his word or give his say to defend himself. And he ended up helping Joseph with Jesus' burial. And what was the difference? His heart was genuine. He wanted to know Jesus and who he was. There was a difference there. So I want to back up a little bit here. And I want us to have a look at the root of the word religious, which is religion. And here's how Merriam-Webster defines religion in the dictionary. So it says, A personal set or institutionalised system of religious attitudes, beliefs and practices or the service and worship of God, or the supernatural commitment or devotion to religious faith or observance. Observe, observance. Sorry about that. Hmm. Do you know what? <laughs> kind of describes me pretty well, doesn't it? And probably many of you. Now, if you're complaining today that you didn't like to be called religious, you can complain to Pastor Bronson when he comes back. Fill in a red card. Tell us about it. But you know, being religious is simply the adjective of religion. And you know what this means? And it hurts me to say, we're religious. We are religious. By this dictionary definition, 
That is what we are. Do you have a belief system? Think so. Do you have Christian practices? Are attitudes in your life life shaped by your faith? Do you worship God? So what are some of the Christian practices that we have? Going to church. We're all here today. Tick. Praying to God. We've done that all morning. Reading our Bible. Just went through some scriptures. Devotions. You should have done them this week. No, Fasting. Well, yes, I should fast more. Singing songs. We've done that. And serving others. We're all serving someone here today. Do you know, these are great things. I'm not mocking these things, okay, in my heart. And if you do them, awesome. In fact, I encourage you, do them more. Do them more. We should be. And I also tell you, hey, you're a really religious person. Welcome. Welcome. (laughs) But here's the thing, and this is what we need to remember. Jesus never called anyone to religion or to be religious. He called them to relationship with Him. And I'm going to say that again. Jesus never called anyone to religion or to be religious. He called them to relationship with Him. And that's what He calls us to. And that's what He calls you to, relationship with Him. Do you know, let's have a look at what Paul says in his letter to the Galatians. And you may remember this. Of course, you would all remember this. Because Pastor Bronson shared this verse in week four of our, Bible, of our series of the Bible. It was Galatians 1.6 and it says, I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you to live in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. Do you know, in this letter, Paul is countering claims of the Judaizers. I think I said that right. They're Jewish Christians who are telling the Galatian believers that they must be circumcised and keep the law of Moses to be saved and have relationship with God. Paul claims that In that verse he's saying they're trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. The word pervert means to distort or corrupt. So they're distorting the gospel. And the gospel is, which is salvation through Christ alone. And they're distorting it to Christ and added extras. And that's what religion does. That's what religion does. It makes the gospel... Jesus plus something else. But the true gospel is just Jesus, full stop. And I think you can give God some praise on that this morning. It's Jesus, full stop. Do you know, there's no fries. There's no steak knives, as much as you'd like it. There's no buts. It's Jesus. That's it. No, nothing else. See, religion focuses on my outward expression. It looks everything on the outside rather than the inward transformation. What's happening in here? Do you know, it tries to close the gap and there's a gap, yeah? There's trying to close the gap between us, sinful person and God. That's what it's trying to do. But the effect of it 
It reduces Christianity to a bunch of rules, just do's and don'ts. But we know that nothing can close the gap between us and God but Jesus. It's the only thing that closes the gap if the keys would come. Do you know Romans 3 says, This righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference between Jew and Gentile, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And all are justified freely by His grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. By Christ Jesus. It didn't say by Christ Jesus and I have to do four bows, nod my head, shake, shake my backside. It doesn't say anything that. It says that came by Christ Jesus, full stop. That's it. Do you know, doing all these outwards at all these outward acts, it does not make me a Christian. It does not bring me salvation. It does not give me a relationship with God. There is only one way, one way, Jesus. Do you know, if I spend every day for the next month sitting in my garage, pull up a stool, I sit there in my garage, it doesn't make me a car, does it? Do I turn into a car? No. Do you know, you can read your Bible every single day, be able to quote Scripture and know all the words without receiving any benefit from them. Any benefit at all. And this is why Jesus had issue with the Pharisees, the religious leaders. They did all these things. They prayed, they were teaching, they were fasting, they were giving all out in the open, all on display for all to see. It was a spectacle for the crowds to puff themselves up and make themselves look good. Their actions were inconsistent with what was going on in their heart, what was really happening, their inner morals. Church, we are who we are, who we really are, is reflected and expressed by our heart, not what we do. Matthew 23, 25 says, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites, you clean the outside of the cup and dish, but inside they are full of greed and self-indulgence. Blind Pharisee, first clean the inside of the cup and dish, and then the outside also will be clean. Matthew 15 says, These people... They honour me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Far from me. Do you know, in the Bible, the heart refers to a person's inner moral and spiritual life. That's what it's referring to. And this is what truly determines who a person is and what they stand for, not what they do. So today, God wants your heart. God wants your heart. He wants your heart, your heart. That's what He wants. Not your actions, not your actions. From the right heart, the actions will flow. From the right heart, those things will happen anyway. 
He wants to know you and you know Him. Do you know His desire, desire was so great to have relationship with you. And we shared that, we celebrated that today as we did communion, that He sent His Son, Jesus, to die for you while we were still sinners. He wants your heart. Why? Because you've got His. You've already got, you've already got it. He's got your heart. He, oh, He's holding it. You've got His heart and He wants yours. Do you know, when you allow God to transform you from the inside, you see your thinking, your attitudes, your convictions, your behaviours, they start to change. And naturally, what is on the inside starts to come on the outside. Okay, it starts to reflect. Romans 12 says, 12.2, Don't copy the behaviour and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to, learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Who here remembers a time when you really liked someone? Now all the young people are like, I do, I do. So always liking someone. And you wanted to get to know someone. What did you do? What did you do in that time? Well, I'll tell you what I'd do. You'd go out of your way, you talk to them. Try and find out their interests, their hobbies, things they like to do, things they don't like to do. Find a common interest firstly so I can talk to them, yeah? Do you know, I know when I was interested in Bronson and I, th and, and I thought it was a bit of a right. I'm sorry, Joelle. I'm sorry, Ethan. It's embarrassing. I know. Do you know, I would go out of my way to talk to him. Well, actually, no, I didn't. Stop there. I would go out of my way to know more about him and it took us a little bit longer than normal people <laughs> because of my mother-in-law. No, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. Mama, I love you. I love you, but it's true. No, I'm just kidding. If you, have, if you want to know that story, come and ask me. No. But we were both very shy. So we'd find out about each other through other people. Yeah? What is, what is this? What is that? Come back and report. And oh my God. When I think of it, it's so embarrassing. I just... Joelle, that's exactly how you have to do it. Okay. But anyway, we eventually got talking to each other, clearly. But when the heart is invested, when the heart's invested, even with the mother-in-law, you find a way. You go after it, don't you? You find a way. When my heart is set on something, I'm there. I know my kids, when their heart is set on something, oh, they're there. And they're there. And they're after it. And do you know what? I'm thankful I did. Because three children and 23 years later, I'm thankful that I went after it. Bronson maybe is thinking, oh, Gab. <laughs> but you know, over the years, our relationship, it's deepened. It's grown. Do you know our differences? And we grew up in very different families. Yeah, righteous church family, Italian family, oh my goodness. But just different, different backgrounds, different cultures. We grew up very different. 
our differences started to become less. Our views on things became similar. We adopt each other's thinking, dear Lord. We know each other's thoughts. Bronson's still trying, but we get in there. You know, we can preempt each other's reactions, our emotions. The relationship is true and deep because He has my heart. Okay, that's why. Jeremiah 29, 13 says, You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. With all your heart. Church, God wants our heart, not our religion. Not our religion. And as I close today, do you know, if the world, if people, if they see me as a religious person, just like that gentleman did on the phone and the other people that I've been speaking to did, because my life reflects godly values, character, attitudes, belief, and a strong faith, then it is what it is. I have no issue with being called religious, okay? In this context, and nor should you, nor should you. If, however, I start to see myself use these things that I do or that I say as a way to justify my salvation or as a badge. You know how they have those flair? Have you ever heard of flair? That you've got to have all these flares or badges to collect points and do them just for the praise of people. Then I am just like the Pharisees with their hypocritical and fake faith. This is the type of religious that I definitely do not want to be and nor should you. So the points I want you to go away with today. Jesus didn't call you to religion or to be religious. He called you to relationship with Him. And it is Jesus plus, it is not, start again, it is not Jesus plus something else. The Gospel is just Jesus, full stop. Just Jesus. I want us to pray today. Why don't we close our eyes?